Hello and welcome to the podcast, A Voice for the Hurting. This is season three, a season dedicated entirely to stories of how God is faithful through the roughest times in our lives. I truly believe that we can gain in faith and hope through other people's stories and testimonies. So pull up a chair, listen closely, and be encouraged by today's story. And I was a secretary. What they did was they they re reevaluated that position oh. and then they put it up. You know, they they classified it higher. Yeah. And then I got it. So that was that's isn't okay. that weird? I got yeah. you. I know. Yeah. What's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious what God's gonna do with it. We'll see. We'll see. If it's meant to happen, it'll happen. If it's not, then it won't. Excellent. Excellent. See, I can I can be like that about the job, but the house is stressing me out. <laughs> I get you. Before we do any go any farther, you want to open with prayer? Absolutely. Yeah. And really quick too, I'd love to make sure I'm saying your last name correctly. <laughs> Luff. Tig. Love pig. Love. Okay. See, I would have made it a long you. I have a passion about saying um last names, right? Because my maiden name was Chervinsky and Uh-oh. everybody butchered it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I married into this, so you know, I was yeah. Gilbert. Was, you Gil- Gilbert's a whole lot easier. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole lot easier. All right, let me never this in prayer, okay? Yes, I'd love that. Father, we love you. This is such a great opportunity that Lori and I can connect over the miles, just get together like sisters, like good friends. Father, we do this because of you. Please, Lord, find what we have to say pleasing to your ears because we do it to honor you. Give us peace and guide our words. So when 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 we speak that someone can hear us, they will be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. I love starting in prayer. I always pray beforehand anyways, but I love it doubly when we... Well, I think it puts us on a nice level too. It gets us connected. Yes. Yeah. Because I've got your back. I want you to shine. I want God to shine, but I want you to shine as well. Thank you. So I guess we can jump right in then. Jump right um, in. Yeah. So I will do a quick introduction and then I'll have you tell your story. Okay. All right. It is my pleasure today to introduce Robin Luftig, who is an author, speaker, and columnist for several magazines. And she's going to talk to us today about her God story and how God was faithful in her life. So hello, Robin. Hi, Lori. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. So um, you're from Ohio. I was from Ohio too, years ago. That's a really fun thing. I, I, that's, I found that with my recording, um, there's been quite a few people who've been a whole lot closer than, <laughs> than you realize. But it's just, so you're, it's just the village, right? Yes, right. Yeah, it takes a village too. Um, you're in Pennsylvania now though. What city in Pennsylvania? I'm in the Harrisburg area, South Central, I guess, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great little spot. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your story. Well, my story is about, there's been a lot of growth in my story. I, I was, you know, I wasn't born a Christian and I made some pretty terrible decisions along the way. But God got a hold of me and just broke my heart. And so I had, I had focused my life on serving God. I was just really focused. Uh, married a wonderful man, moved to Harrisburg, had every, all my ducks were in a row. Life was going well in a good church. And then out of nowhere, in 2011, I had a seizure that left me paralyzed and unable to speak. Wow. How, how paralyzed were you? Can you, I was paralyzed on my right side. I was my right right side. side. Yeah. I think now it only lasted maybe an hour, hour and a half, you know, and then it started to go away. It waned, but um, that's frightening when you cannot speak. And I was a speaker. I had just finished writing my first book on healing after divorce. So I had, started doing some speaking at women's retreats and now God was taking away my voice Mm. and I was I I was confused I didn't know what to do so the um the ambulance came and took me to the hospital and after hours and hours they decided to do an MRI and the MRI showed a tumor on my brain about the size of my doctor's closed fist. Wow. Yeah. And he said, I'm so sorry, Robin. In fact, he took my hand and he started just petting it like I was a little kitty. So Mrs. Luftig, I am so sorry that you have a tumor on your brain about the size of my fist. He said, do you want a priest or do you want the hospital chaplain? Now, I've watched enough TV to know that if they ask you if you want a priest, you're circling the drain. I was, I started to cry and I said, no, I I don't want the priest. I said, are are you a man of faith? Now, I've never asked a stranger if he was, if they were of faith. I've just never done that. But I was motivated to ask this man, the stranger, if he was a man of faith. And he said he was. And I said, I, I don't want some priest to pray for me. I said, I, I want you to pray for me. Wow. So, Did he pray for you? Yes. He said, well, um, he kind of gave me a, a wide-eyed look. He just gave me bad news. I could have probably asked for a pony and he would have given me that too, because right. he felt really bad for giving me all this bad news. But he said, oh, okay, okay. He said, but first I want you to pray. And then your husband, because my husband and I, Lou, was in there with me. And so we prayed and I asked God, I thank God for his favor. And I thank God for his um, control, his position in my life, his place right now. And he knew where I was and he knew I was scared, but he had this situation under control. I don't know why, I don't know how, but I know it was, I knew it was under control. Yeah. So uh, I said, amen. I gave my husband the double hand squeeze, you know, that's the, your turn 
signal. <laughs> yes. And Lou uh, very stoically prayed, uh, God, give me back my wife. Mm. And then, amen. I mean, that's all he had. I mean, he was so transparent. He was, he was blindsided just like I was. And then the doctor prayed and asked for peace and our, his God's presence in our situation. Yeah. Amen. Now he never asked for healing because Lori, I don't think he thought I was going to get better. Right. So I don't think he wanted to put God in a box at that point. He didn't yeah. want to, he didn't want to do that. So, and then the next day I saw a neurosurgeon and he said, you have about 10 days. Wow. You've got to get that pressure off your brain because the, uh, the seizure was caused by the, the pressure. He said the tumor had been growing. They figured between, after measuring it, between 10 to 12 years, he said it, it was just, it was just ready to explode. So they had to give me on medication to have it shrink a bit. And uh, once it got, could shrink, then they could work with it a little bit better. They said 10 days. Wow. And he said, you could either live or die or come someplace on the line, the spectrum of that. Mm -hmm. So in those 10 days, I had to find out. Now, here I was, a Christian speaker, yeah. an author. But did I really believe what I was saying? Right. I had to, I mean, the rubber was meeting the road for me. And I could find out in 10 days, maybe, what it was all about. So the book, God's Best During Your Worst, was written over those 10-day period, that period of 10 days. And I talk about everything that I, I felt I processed through those 10 days. Yeah. It was, it was one of the biggest gifts that God has ever given me. It was a boatload of work, let me tell you, to go through those 10 days. And then into the 11th, because yeah, newsflash, not no spoilers here, but I, I <laughs> the, but um, yeah, it was, it was a good one. Yeah. 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 And I mean, this is more than a decade ago, so it was yeah. 10 days. Yeah. 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 It was, it more was than 10 years. Yeah. More than 10 years. So now I am um, on that spectrum. I, I have some limitations, but when I tell people that they, they're shocked that I even say that, but I do, I, but that's okay. I can, when I get limited, when I have to face one of those limitations, it's like my, it's like my, my reminder that God brought me through an ordeal that um, he was always there that brought me closer to him. Yeah. And when we are weak, he is strong. You know, I lived through that and I can, I can tell you conversations that I had with Christ because it was, it was, I 
can't do this without you, Lord. I need, I need you close. It's not that let's be buddies. I, I, you know, you, if if you push through, you will find him. That's what, that's what happened. And it was just the most beautiful time in my life that I've ever had. Mm. Um, The only time I was fearful in the whole process was at the seizure. Right. And that was it. From that point on, I knew that God had a plan and I was in that plan. How do you think um, is clearly that that's God's peace? Do you think that was immediate um, or do you feel like, like, was that given to you as a gift or was that something that you had to have action towards for it to happen? Hmm, That's a good question. Uh, I don't know if it was a gift. I know it was real. And I know that because I was relying on his promise that if I sought him, he would meet me. So I had to, I had to work for it in a, in a sense. It just didn't fall in my lap. Yeah. But it was, it was real. Yeah. And it was solid. Um. So you said that the, the numbness and everything only lasted a couple of hours. By the time the doctor told you what was in your brain, uh, were you still all numb on that side of the body? It was, it was leaving. My speech was coming back. All of those, those uh, symptoms or those signs that I had had something were leaving me. And you know, they did a lot of knee tapping and finger looking and all of that stuff. And they said, we can't find anything that's wrong with you, Robin, you're, you're in good shape. I said, he said, they, they said, you might have to learn to live with this. And I said, Oh, no, I started to cry. I said, you can't make me go through this again. I cannot. I said, this is big. I, you have to find it. So that's when they did the MRI and that's when they found it. I think it stinks. (laughs) It stinks that it took all of that for them to do an MRI. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, medicine's like that sometimes, but I have a picture of it in the back of the book that shows that it was a big thing. Yeah. It was big. So did they ever do surgery or did they only treat it with medication? No, they did surgery and it was the surgery was about, nine hours long at the 10th day. So uh, I had to go through physical, occupational and speech therapies for months. Couldn't drive, of course, for a while. It, 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 was, a, it was a process and God was even with me after the surgery mm-hmm. when I was floundering. It wasn't like, okay, I got you through, then we're done, see ya. It wasn't anything like that. I can remember the first day that I was going to go back to work. And this was, let me think, well, I had a family leave. So that was 12 weeks. So I went back after, after the 12 weeks for part-time. And I woke up that morning. I was all excited. And 
God clearly spoke in my, in my heart, my, to my spirit. I, I didn't leave you alone during your process. I'm not going to leave you now. And I thought like all self-confident, self-righteous Christians <laughs> that I had it all together. I was ready to go. Well, I went to work and I was a mess. One of my jobs was to work with numbers. And I looked at my computer screen and it, I knew what all those numbers were, but I just couldn't make them work. Yeah. Um, what I needed to have them do in my head. So it was still a process. How long did it take after you were back for things to, to make normal make sense? sense? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they say brain surgery can take five years. Oh, it was a five-year journey until I could really say, okay, this is the water settling. I'm finding, finding my normal. This is it. But it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful opportunity because one of the things, you know, you change your attitude when you, when you open up to what God has for you. And when you open up to the fact that he has a plan, that his plan involves you, and that plan is wrapped in love for you, that no one could love you more than he loves any of us. But to personalize it, I had to personalize that, yeah. Lori, that he loved me, that I was in a position that because of what was going on in my world, I could tell this story and I could let people know exactly how awesome God was in cases like this. Yes. So it was like he was entrusting me with this awesome gift. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't come on right away. And it took a while to, to get that into my head. Yeah. But it, tell you it was it's sweet and the book god's best during your worst it's not just about me it's really about it's a handbook for people mostly women seem to to take to, to this that are going through tragedy that have been blindsided mm -hmm. that were blindsided or if you haven't been you're going to be blindsided so you might as well get prepared. That's right. I talk about how to deal with confusion and tragedy, uh, doubt, focus, what to focus on, how to learn to trust. You know, when your legs are knocked out from under you, that's not a time to you want to really talk about trusting God. Because right. you don't think that God's even there half the time. So you, I talk about that. And then, you know, it's done with complete honesty and transparent, transparency because like every, every chapter stands for, a, there are 10, really 11 chapters, but they stand for each day that I had to process all of this. And I start each chapter with a prayer of uncertainty. Mm. Because I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. And even one of the prayers was, God, are, are you there? Are, do, you even, do you even hear me? Right. So it is transparent and it's honest. 
but it's a, it's a roadmap on how to get there to having peace, understanding gratitude, accepting God's grace. Mm-hmm. That sounds so beautiful. I've really, I feel like the biggest problem that goes through our mind or challenge, I guess it, when we're going through these things and we feel like we're bad Christians because we're asking God why, or because we wonder if he's even there at all. And then, you know, we hear these whispers from the enemy that are saying that, you know, oh, you're such a terrible Christian. You know what I mean? And it's normal to question when things are bad, you know, but God's shoulders are broad enough for any question, Mm -hmm. for any anger, for any emotion that we have. I love questions. And I don't think, I I think God appreciates questions because that's when you learn and you take things on as your own. Yes. Like children, when we have children, they, they listen to us. They do what we tell them to do. And then they become teenagers. <laughs> and then they take, they look at your value that you've put on them. They look at it, they pull it apart, and they test it because they have to test it and know it before they can really take it on themselves. Yes. I mean, not all teenagers are crazy people, but a lot of them are. And (laughs) it's only because it's the process. So I think God appreciates those, those things. And even... In the New Testament, I remember John the Baptist, when he was in jail, his, his, uh, his followers, he talked to them and he said, you find out if that's the Messiah, because if he's not, get him out of the way. I want to know who is, because I'm waiting for the real one. Yeah. So, you know, and there's Thomas and there's all these people and Sarah, and all, all these people that doubted in the Bible. And we, we read about them and we, we honor them and we learn about their faith. Come on. Pshaw. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think it's fun that you brought up Thomas because just recently I was having a conversation with God because of the, the situations going on in my life. And I've just been, I feel like I've been doubting a whole lot more than I normally do. Mm-hmm. And so I thanked God <laughs> for not throwing Thomas straight into hell for questioning, you know, because it's okay to question. It's okay to question because then you can own it. And thank God for Thomas because yes. he gave us an example yes. of how, how Jesus interacted with a doubter. Yes. That's a beautiful picture. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and that's the kind of stories that I like to to share. I just love telling people about how awesome God's grace and mercy are. Yes. And how he's still faithful. Like, I also think about the father who wanted his son to be healed. And he said, I believe help my unbelief. And you have this balance in your mind between believing and unbelieving And, you know, sometimes when we let those fears and anxieties get in the way, the unbelief does outweigh the belief. Absolutely. 
And Absolutely. I'm so glad that God can help us to believe. Like, and that's what it's important to be focused because when we start letting feelings come in here and stir our, our situation, we got to put a stop to feelings because feelings will always, not always, <laughs> feelings often lead us astray Yes, because they, they change. They're always changing. I mean, I can remember when I was in the fifth grade, I was in love and I knew I was going to get married to that person. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, that didn't happen. But I was gaga over this little fifth, fifth grader. So, yeah, that's when you say, I feel this, Lord, but I know I can stand on your word. And your word says, yes. give him back his word. Give him, give him back. You know, that's our responsibility is to know what God's words are. Here to listen to him and to, he wants us to talk to him, to meet him, to be all that we can be because he loves us. Amen. Yeah. Um, I have a, I'm an avid Bible reader and I read every morning, but I realized through this last year, through a kind of a mini God story that I'll try to tell briefly here, but <clears throat> my aunt and I have been going through the attic of the house that I'm currently living in because it's my grandmother's house. And We've had generations, like this house has been in my family for 60 years. Yes. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's wonderful. And literally every generation has thrown something into the attic. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured I'll take care of my generation. She can take care of her generation and we'll just figure out what to do with grandma's stuff after that. Because my grandma passed away in 2007, but she was a woman of great faith and when we were up there, we found these little books, like these little notepads that were filled with scripture. And she'd just write them down and rewrite them. And, and it convicted me so much because I feel like, and I don't know what she was thinking when she was writing these down, but I know scripture and I've read it, but how much do I really devote to memory, you know? And that's what it looks like to me is that she was writing these down to memorize them. And so I've been trying extra hard recently to, to really devote scripture to my mind. One of the things I, I wish I had it ready right now, but it said something to the effect because she would write her own little notes in there and her own little prayers it was such a blessing to find these. And one of them said something to the effects of when you remember and recall scripture, when you're memorizing it, you can win the battle before it even starts. Because you already have the answer. That's just beautiful. Yeah. She loved, she loved you or her family and her God enough. She wrote it down because she was trying to get that in her head. And she was a smart woman. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she didn't understand the psychology of it all, but there's <laughs> something about writing that brings it and sears it and not just tapping out a computer. But longhand writing, yes. there's connection between that and your brain. Yes. And uh, what a lady. Yeah, it was such a beautiful thing. I also came across, uh, we found a couple of her old Bibles. Like every few years, she'd get a new Bible. <laughs> and all of them had dates 
um, things underlined and highlighted and notes written next to them and names written next to them. And it's such a blessing to go through these things. Oh my goodness. And she just really took the word of God seriously. Wow. It makes me want to take her even more. Yes. Yes. She was the wonderful, kind, happy grandma who like bakes cookies with you. And (laughs) she was wonderful. I drank my first cup of coffee with her. (laughs) I have so many great memories. That sounds wonderful. That sounds beautiful, Lori. That's awesome. Well, do you have any questions for me? Yes. So good point. We got to come back around to your story. (laughs) Um, So tell me. Let's first talk about um, the aftermath since all of that. So have you had to deal with any more symptoms or any other issues? Do they recheck the MRIs at all or anything? I did uh, five years of MRIs. They, they would check just to see, make sure I was all right and nothing was happening. So they said I was, I was clean to go. Wonderful. So that's good. Um, I have a memory issue. I have, I can't remember my, <laughs> my, uh, my right side is still a little light. I'm not as, that's one of the, the, the problems that I have, but, and I don't do stairs as fast as I used to, but you know, I'm getting older. So maybe I wouldn't have been doing stairs fast anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you see God weave throughout your entire situation there uh, he was he was front and center one of I told you I had to have um, medication to shrink down that tumor and it was a, a pretty powerful steroid and the steroid kept me awake so I was I was getting maybe two hours of sleep a day wow so I, I was not sleeping at all my husband said, if I would have, if we would have had the lumber and the tools, I could have put a, an addition onto the house with no problem. <laughs> but, um, so what I did is I, I used that time to practice gratitude and to seek God. And part of seeking God was reading and praying and also listening. Yes because I don't want to just be in a conversation that's one way. I wanted to hear what he had to say to me. And it's amazing how, how God would speak with me through scripture. He would lead me to specific scriptures and he would remind me of his presence. And he would, I, I received a phone call from a woman on the West coast to tell me that God loved me. Really? I don't, I have no idea who she was. I, I mean, I had posted on uh, caringbridge.com is, uh, is a site that instead of telling everybody over and over and over your medical condition, you can put it here and people can go see it. Yes. So it's a nice little, it's a nice little spot. And it was before a lot of that was done on Facebook or stuff like that, but Evidently she saw it and she just called to see if, if I knew Jesus. And I said, yes, I do. I love him. That's wonderful. Yeah. But she was concerned. So God was using this reminding me over and over that he had my back, that he had not forgotten me and that 
he had a plan. Um, are there any scripture verses that got you through that time? Oh, I think the one that just really grabbed, grabbed me was, it wasn't a scripture verse. It was the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yes. And it was a story on how they were thrown into this fire pit because they didn't bow down. Yeah. And they said, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, you are a mighty king and you can do this. But God is the only God that we serve. Yes. Amen. And so I had this uh, fire pit going on in my brain and I, I couldn't bow down to it. I couldn't be fearful of it. I could only serve. And that's what I did. Yeah. And when God said, I will never leave you to forsake you. He was very clear yeah. in that. Amen. Um, what would you say to someone today who is facing a challenge in their lives? It doesn't have to be the brain tumor, doesn't have something to be a brain tumor. that yes. feels insurmountable. You know, tragedy is tragedy. It doesn't matter what form it takes. Mine was a brain tumor. It could be a marriage. It could be uh, finances. It could be children, children's choices. They rock our world. And we, we need to understand that we can try to white knuckle it through. We don't have control. Yeah. Life is not ours to control. So I think what I would say is focus on Christ. Even if you're angry with Christ, let him know he's got big shoulders. I've done a few foot stomping times myself. And I've told God, I don't like you. I don't think, I don't think this is what I want. I don't know if I want to be a Christian. I've done all of that. And I could just see God nodding his head, say, yeah, I know, I hear, yeah, okay, okay, that's okay. It's like you do with a two-year-old, yeah, okay, okay, but he's still there for me, and right. he, he will always be there for me. It's not that I could be good enough for him to love me. It's that he loves me because he's good. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Because I think a lot of us are trying to hustle to be good enough. And it took me a long time to get to that conclusion. It's not about me being good enough anymore. anymore. And we, I mean, just because you get it doesn't mean that you don't have to re-get it. Or it doesn't have to, you don't have to revisit or re-revisit those lessons. Because Satan's slick, conniving, and he can sneak in and use the slipperiest obscure, most obscure situations to twist God's truth. Yes. And we always have to be on our guard. And uh, tragedy is one of those. Just because we go through a tragedy doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. It just means we're in a tragedy. Uh, what would you say to someone who, um, because I, I know a lot of people who've had this question and I'm just going to ask it because it's a deep question. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, when someone asks why a good God would let something so tragic happen to you, what would your answer be? Well, you know, we can't 
we can't do sound bites of for answers. You know, each question deserves to be honored and listened to. With that said, however, God didn't plan sin to be focused in our lives. That's right. God didn't do this to us. This happened a long time ago, and we're just carrying it out. God didn't make us to have cancer. It wasn't part of his, his plan. We were to be perfect and live forever. When we introduce sin into the world, it was slick, and it was pretty, and it was enticing, and it set us onto a spiral of death. That's right. So to say that God doesn't love us doesn't fit that. I mean, that's not part of the equation. It's, it's important for me to put responsibility where responsibility is due. Satan causes a lot. I, you know, I believe in Satan. A lot of people don't believe in Satan. How could God make a Satan? Well, there's good and then there's bad. If there wasn't bad, you wouldn't need good. Yeah. You wouldn't need a savior if there was bad, if there wasn't bad. So there is dark, there is darkness and God is a savior and he gives us the freedom to choose. Right. That is, that is a powerful gift that a lot of people don't, I think, appreciate that the creator of the universe allows us an option to choose. Yeah. That's a, that's a level of respect of his creation Yes, I think needs to be visited. I agree. It's not just, we're not puppets. We can choose. And that's what makes it sweet. Because yes. when we do choose, we have a piece that truly goes beyond human understanding. I agree. I agree completely. Someone once described to me, uh, God as being a gentleman even though he has the ability to make us or to make anything happen in the world, he will never force you right. when you have your own choice. Yeah. Your choice. And that also means that other people have the choice to make bad decisions that impact us. That's true. That's yeah. true. And at that time, when that happens, it's important to, for me, to put responsibility at the foot of who it belongs to. Yes. It doesn't belong to God. When Susie says bad things about me or when Johnny does something terrible, there's evil. God, God feels our tears. You know, he collects our tears. If he, if he didn't love us, he wouldn't collect our tears. That's amazing. Yes. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to share with my audience? Well, it's been a joy just to have church with you, Lori. I, I just you. really enjoyed this. If your audience is interested, they can find me at www.robinluftig.com. And that's R-O-B-I-N-L-U-F is in Frank, T is in Tom, I-G. Dot com. I'm on Wonderful. Facebook, uh, Instagram, Pinterest, 
I was on Twitter, but I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. It was so ugly. <laughs> yeah. I there. don't care for Twitter. <laughs> and you have uh, four books on Amazon. Am I, I have four. I'm coming out with uh, my second novel is coming out this summer. I haven't seen the cover yet. So I'm kind of excited about that. All of my books deal with eat my fiction and nonfiction deal with redemption yes. or grace and mercy. So they're Ladies of the Fire. It's, it's an award-winning book. Well, both of these books, the uh, God's Best During Your Worst and Ladies of the Fire are both award winners, but or one nominee and then a winner. But um, there's such a delight to write and to talk to people about funny stories. And worshiping God in, in comedy is fun. You, know, you can laugh. But yes, and they're, all the books are available on um, Amazon, so we know how to get there. Yes, yes, I will make sure to put uh, the description or your links in the description <laughs> to the podcast when it comes out. But thank you so very much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. It has been fun. Thank you so much for having me. Another Ohio girl. Yeah, it's neat. <laughs> it's a small world. I feel like the older I get, the smaller the world gets. That's right. Thank you for listening to A Voice for the Hurting. You can find information on today's guest in the description below, plus links to follow A Voice for the Hurting on Facebook and Instagram. Join us next week for more inspiring stories to strengthen you on your journey.